All right, welcome back. So again, Thursday has come up on me quick. Uh, I've been pretty busy throughout this whole week, so I haven't really been keeping up with Summer League all that much, um, and I really had no idea what else to talk about. So I decided let's go back and revisit my all-prime teams that I messed up beforehand. So we're going to do that today with the Pistons and the Heat. So let's go ahead and get into it. You're listening to The Assist with Trevor Hart. So yeah, I came up on this day in basketball history, on basketball reference, shout out. As always, I get those like 90% of my content that comes from basketball reference, probably, or at least they help me out a ton. Um, the only things that happened for July 14th, both happened in 2004. One was that Steve Nash signed as a free agent with the Phoenix Suns, which it's interesting enough because, I mean, I think he was like 30 when he signed that. Maybe. I think he was around 30 when he signed that. Here, let's just take a look. In 04, 05, he was 30 years old. So, and from then on, you know, he went on to win two straight MVPs. I mean, it's a good accomplishment, seven seconds or less offense, but is it something that I can talk about for more than that without, especially on this short of notice? No, I cannot. The other thing that happened, which I was, again, if I had more time, I would have done a full thing on this. Uh, Shaq was traded from the Lakers to the Heat and officially ending the the Kobe Shaq tandem and um I mean from then on it seemed like Shaq had the first laugh for a little bit I mean he won a championship immediately in 05 and then it only took a couple years later Kobe finally had the last laugh getting two straight rings so again if I had more time I would have done an in-depth thing on that but I decided uh, I'd rather, you know, I don't want to just, like, do half the work and just expect that to be fine. So, um, I thought, I was thinking, I think I said it out loud a couple weeks ago for the Kings all-time and all-prime roster. When I was explaining it, I said I did it. I was completely wrong in doing it for a couple rosters. I thought I did it bad enough for the Lakers, but I revisited it and... Okay, so here's the thing. All-prime roster just means, imagine these guys in their prime. Maybe you don't think of them when you think of them, say, in a Lakers jersey. But, you know, they played a year or two there under the radar. Either at any point in their career, could be before they were a star, like in when they're dwindling. It just depends. And then I go back to the Lakers one I said a couple weeks ago. I was like, man, I did this one wrong. But... I think there's really only one that I possibly did wrong. Um, maybe. Well, I put LeBron. The thing about the All-Prime is that in a perfect world, someone should not be on both rosters for a team. Like the all-time Lakers, that should be their own. that should be its own club. These are the best Lakers to do it in a Laker uniform. All-Prime is... What if these guys were in their prime in a Lakers uniform? Imagine how crazy this would be. And I think I did it correctly for this because 
in the all-time Lakers, I put LeBron as a six-man. Because, I mean, LeBron in the Lakers is still LeBron. I mean, he's LeBron. He won a championship for the Lakers in 2020. In the all-prime, I moved LeBron up to a starting position just because, you know, the Heat version of LeBron is way better. I think that is a good way of doing that. You know, if you're able to move up in the roster, it's a possibility. But again, it's people like LeBron, and then I had Wilt in both rosters, but, I mean, Wilt was so much better on the Warriors and Sixers um, than he was in L.A., so I, he was in the 11th spot in the all-time. He moved up to that starting position in the all-prime. Um, the one thing I think I did wrong was that Anthony Davis was a starter in the all-time. Then I moved him down to a seventh man. But I threw in Carl Malone. So I don't think he could have started in that power forward. But uh, maybe I should have left Anthony Davis off. That's the only thing. So I decided not to do the Lakers. Uh, but I royally messed up the Heat and the Pistons. The Heat was the first one I ever did, and it was one random day in the summer of last year, I want to say. I can look this up real quick. But it was an incredibly hot day to the point where, um, it was to the point where when I was recording this episode, I, um, I always had to, I had an air... I had an air conditioning window unit in in my room just because my room is so hot. Like, um, my room sits on the west side of, of my house, so the sun beats down on the wall on the outside wall for a good chunk of the day. So it gets so hot in here at night, and it doesn't help that um, I have all black bedding. So it just doesn't it just didn't work. I got it fixed now to where it's a little better. My bed was also over the air conditioning register, so it was just it was all kinds of mess up. I got it fixed now. Uh, but I had the air conditioning unit in there and I would always have to turn it off for recording just cuz it's so loud and I'm I'm sitting right next to the window at my desk. Um on that day and throughout that week, it was so hot that I decided, man, like the heat wave is all I can think about. This was 20, yeah, this was last year. And on oh, June 17th of last year, it was an episode called Heat Wave. And I still stand by the all time roster. I don't think there's any issues with it. But the all prime, I definitely screwed up a lot. Because I included Dwayne Wade in both rosters. I included LeBron in both rosters. Let's see here. I included Chris Bosh in both rosters. Shaq in both rosters. The starting lineup was almost the exact same except for flipping point guards. Um, I had Alonzo Mourning in both. I think I had Jimmy Butler in both. It was, And I had Tim Hardaway in both. So it was a mess. Um, it's not really what the all prime is meant to be in hindsight, in retrospect, uh, it's, it could be done way better. And so I did it. Um, so here is the all prime heat roster.
Point guard is Gary Payton. Uh, Gary Payton was there during the championship year. Um, I've, wait a minute. I'm so – I mean, I'm incredibly stupid. No, 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 I'm not. Sorry, I was thinking that the Heat won – the Heat won in 06. I said 05, but it was immediately after Shaq went there. Correct? No. No. I, the second year in Shaq's career with the Heat. Good Lord, Drew. Um. Anyway, back to the all-prime Heat roster. If I can pull it up. Uh, Gary Payton, obviously, he was there during championship year. Um, again, this, this is... Gary Payton is the perfect example for every type of roster this is. He's been on three of them. He's been on the Heat, the Lakers, and the Bucks. He's just someone... When you think of Gary Payton, you think Sonics. So, if you take... what When they made the finals against the Bulls in 96, throw that Gary Payton in a Heat jersey and just see what... And this would be the team. Um, An incredible defender, someone who... I think he's only remembered for his trash talk, even though, you know, his defense was incredible. I had him as one of the best defenders ever in a in a previous episode. Um, I had him at number five behind Bill Russell, Michael Jordan, Hakeem, Dennis Rodman, and then the glove was there. So, obviously amazing i mean and he led that sonics team to the finals it's him and sean kemp as a tandem but i mean really gary payton was the guy on that team so um he's for it was an obvious pick for me as him for to be starting point guard on the all prime team shooting guard ray allen um someone who maybe you ask heat fans could make the argument that he could be in the all-time heat but Ray Ray Allen was so old at that point, and it's to the point where you know if you put him in the Bucks jersey or maybe a Sonics jersey, or you take that Bucks or Sonics era of Ray Allen when he could shoot, but he was also freaky athletic, put him in a Heat jersey with Gary Payton, I think that'd be incredible. Sean Marion was a part of the Heat for I don't think it was that long. I think it was like two years. One and a half. Close. No. One season. Hang on. He got traded from Phoenix halfway through 07-08. Only played 16 games. And then the next year got traded to Toronto after playing 42 games with the Heat. So, call it majority of a season even though it was cut in half. So, um, the Matrix in freak athlete man just and one of those guys who I mean, mentioned Steve Nash earlier really benefited from having Steve Nash as his point guard with Mike D'Antonio as the coach in the seven seconds or less offense um so many people I mean everyone did I think everyone that Steve Nash played for in those seven seconds or less years like that was their highest points that was their career leading points per game year um, that's how important Steve Nash was. I mean, Sean Marion was just an athlete and um, someone to where I looked. I look at him compared to the other small forwards. It's not close. Um, yeah, Miami's interesting because 
you know, the Lakers, you get plenty of people that want to go to LA. Um, and you, and Miami's one of those places too, where like people just want to go to Miami just because it's Miami, man. Uh, no state income tax. The, the culture so good there that, you know, you're going to get people, but the heat haven't, I mean, they haven't been, a, they haven't been around for a long time. They started in what? 90. Mm, oh, 89, 95 was, uh, like, Oh, what team started in 95? Was that the Timberwolves and the magic? No, it wasn't a magic. Um, magic started in 1990. Anyway, <laughs> Yeah, they haven't been around for that long. So, the selection may not be as great as other teams that have been around longer, like destination spots. But it's still better than, like, if I were to do an Indiana one, for the if I would do one for the Pacers, I would struggle a lot. If I did one for the Grizzlies, I would struggle trying to come up with an all-prime team just because either they're going to have to start their career there, finish there, or get traded there at some point because not a lot of people want to go to those places in their prime. It's just the truth. I hate it because I'm a Pacers fan, but that's the burden of being in a small market. Power forward? Threw in Amari Stoudemire. It's just, let's get a couple guys from seven seconds or less offense in there. Um, Amari was incredible in his time in Phoenix, I mean, he's he was the first player to win Rookie of the Year out of high school. I mean, that's pretty incredible. Uh, he went ninth overall in 02. Career totals, 18.9 points per game, 8 rebounds, 1.2 assists, not bad. Um, he played Miami his last year, only averaged 5 points a game, but if you take... Oh, you can take his first year in New York where he averaged 25.3 or his uh, age 25 year in 07-08. He's an all-star either way, averaging 25.2. Or his third year in the league, his first all-star appearance, he averaged 26. Take that version of Amari, throw him in this roster, and just see it. This is more of like if... It's all hypothetical, clearly. But, I mean, this is this is great for like someone were to upload this to 2K, I mean, it'd just be incredible to see who would win. Now, um, center position. I don't know why, for both teams today, the center position was incredibly tough. But you're going to see a little bit of bias in this Heat roster because I threw in Jermaine O'Neal. I mean, Jermaine O'Neal was a six-time All-Star. Uh, he was a, a monster on the Pacers. I mean, one of the first high schoolers to be drafted. Um, let's see here. Most improved player. For some reason. Oh, no. 96. So, I mean, he was drafted the same here as Kobe. Um, but, I mean, it was him and Kobe that, like, well, no, it was really cagey. Anyway, but one of those guys where he could prove being like okay high school guys can make it in this league Kevin Garnett started it Kobe and Jermaine O'Neal carried the torch and then it led on to like Dwight Howard Amari Stoudemire but I mean for for his career 13.2 points per game but he played a thousand games and much of them were after his prime 
I mean, when he got traded from Toronto to Miami, still at 13 points, and then his last four years are single digits. First, His first four single digits in Portland. Indiana's where he really picked it up, scoring, starting out at 13 points a game, and then instantly bumping up to 19 and 20, getting up to 24 in 04-05, where he only played 44 games. I, I think that was the malice of the Palace year. So, yeah, I threw in Jermaine O'Neal. Sue me. I mean, he's a great pacer, but, I mean, I truly do think he was the best center I could have picked out of this. Six man. I want Penny Hardaway. I do think Gary Payton is better in the grand scheme of things, but imagine Penny Hardaway being your six man <laughs> for just replacing Gary Payton. That is one heck of a rotation. Um, someone who, if he didn't, have as much injuries he's probably starting on this team he's probably starting well he probably wouldn't have been in Miami in the first place I mean but I mean a guy who could have went down as one of the best ever probably because it's the skill set thing compared to Magic coming out a 6-6 point guard it's pretty close but I mean him and Shaq were incredible and when Shaq left it was it's, it's one of the bigger what-ifs because it's like, what if Shaq stayed, but also what if Penny was healthy? It was both of those at the same time that I think really makes it a true heartbreak just because either way, it might not have worked the way we thought it would. But, yeah, I man, Penny Hardaway is incredible. Number seven, another former Pacer, Danny Granger. But, I mean, I don't think I'm wrong in this either. I mean, Danny Granger was pretty dang good for the Pacers for a good part of a decade. Um, let's see here. Danny Granger. So, I don't know how. Only a one-time All-Star. He averaged 26 points per game that year. I mean, it it sucks just because, like, he was so good. But, again, it's injuries. 08-09, most improved player. Uh, no duh. Because that was his all-star year. He went from 19.6 points a game to 24. And then 11 and 12, like as soon as the Pacers get Paul George and everything's trending upward, that's the injuries. He only played five games in 2012-2013. And then 41 in 2013-2014 where the Pacers traded him halfway through the year. He finished his career in Miami playing 30 games, averaging six points a game. But, man, those Pacers teams, when it was George Hill, Lance Stevenson, Danny Granger, Paul George, David West, Roy Hibbert. Lance Stevenson was coming off the bench for those teams. Blowing on bronze a year. Those were great. I mean, Paul George was a shooting guard on the Pacers. Because that's the small forward spot was Danny's. I mean, and they put up huge battles with, I mean, the Heat. I mean, a perfect, <laughs> this is a perfect example. Not an example, a perfect pairing. Just because I think it, maybe it's just because I'm a Pacers fan, but that Pacers Heat rivalry where two years in a row they met up in the playoffs. Oh my God. It's where Paul George became what he is. I mean, he became an all-NBA player in those playoffs. He just did. But, yeah, Danny Granger, I think, definitely deserves to be on this all-prime team. 
number eight in the eighth spot, should I say Kevin Love? I was I was deciding earlier where to jockey uh, Kevin Love in the starting position, but I mean Amari just his career stats are they just have a little a little more oomph to them. But uh, Kevin Love, two different, maybe three different parts, no, two different parts of his career. Being in Minnesota where, like, you know, he was heavy. I mean, like, he was a heavy set guy. Just an absolute monster on rebounding and still an all-star at that point. And then all of a sudden he just got skinny and then started hitting, started shooting three-pointers and then gets traded to the Cavs and then, you know, he's the Chris Bosh of that Cavs era. Not as good as Chris Bosh as he was, as Chris was on the Heat. But he still needed Kevin Love in those scenarios to win that championship. Then he goes to Miami this year. It just makes sense for him to be on this list. Number nine, another pacer, Victor Oladipo, uh, the backup shooting guard. There wasn't a lot. Um, I threw in Victor Oladipo just because man, he was an all-star. I mean, a lot of these is just based on, Hey, were you an all-star or all-star caliber player? And Oladipo was, so, threw him in there. The backup center, again, was tough, uh, but I went with Big Z. Zadrunas Ilgauskas, someone who, when he went to Miami, I was like, oh, yeah, him and LeBron are together again. But this Big Z was already so old. Like, it's um, like I think he was drafted in 99? No, he was drafted in 96. Oh, my God. Um, but he played 13 years. He played the one-year Miami in 2010, 2011, played 50, I mean, he played 72 games, started 51 of them. But he only averaged five points a game. So, yeah, threw in Big Z just because, come on, dude, it's Big Z. Why not? Also, there wasn't that many backup centers available. Uh, number 11, 12, just a couple spots that, you know, won't get many minutes, but, you know, they're, they're part of the team. Threw in... Uh, I had to go with white chocolate just because it was between him and Kyle Lowry. And I mean, Kyle Lowry won championship, but to me that doesn't, it's not the end all be all. But when you're in that 11, 12 spot, you want a highlight guy, go get Jason Williams, man. I mean, an incredible passer. I mean, those, him on the Kings was incredible. Him and Mike Bibby were incredible on the Kings. Um, Every now and then I'll just look up Jason Williams passing highlights. You know, I'll just watch him just because. I mean, why not? YouTube's available to you. Might as well use it correctly, you know? So, uh, yeah, had to go with Jason Williams. Number 12, I threw in Lamar Odom. He's only on the Heat for a year before he was a part of the Shaq trade. Um, it's between him and Andre Iguodala, but again, it's like end of the bench guy. I want Lamar Odom over Iggy, let's be honest. So, threw him in there. And I had to throw an honorable mention, if he had stayed healthy, Greg Oden would have been on this list, 100%. But that's just how the crooked crumbles. God, I wish he never got injured, because Greg Oden was up there to be one of the best centers, like, ever. Like, not even a joke. When he was in college, Sports Illustrated pinned him as his as his comparison to be Bill Russell. That's how 
big Greg Oden was. And he was he was incredible in high school too. He won a state championship. Him and Mike Conley were on the same high school team. And a crazy high school team. Um, but yeah. Had to throw in Greg Oden there at the end. All right, the Pistons. Again, I screwed this up. Um, on both rosters, I had, let's see here. I had Bob Lanier on both rosters, Grant Hill on both rosters, Isaiah on both rosters, along with Joe Dumars. Ben Wallace was on both. And uh, I also had Mark Aguirre in there in the, on the all-prime, but he wasn't on the all-time. And, you know, I started, I was really going back and forth because I'm like, man, you know, you think Mark Aguirre, I mean, his best years are in Dallas. But he played, he was a part of the two championships. And, you know, he played so well for so long in Detroit. I had to take him off all prime. But he's still not on my all time. Him and Adrian Dantley go back and forth. Because, I mean, that's who they were traded. They they were traded for each other. Um, And they did the same kind of thing. But it's just, Dantley's more ball dominant. People thought Mark Aguirre would be the same thing, but he bought in, and that's what really won them those championships. But, yeah, did not have Mark Aguirre on any. So now we'll go to the all-prime Pistons team. Point guard. The biggest what-if. I would say of the modern era of NBA, uh, and maybe all-time, who knows, but... uh. Derrick Rose, if he didn't get injured, what if? So, obviously, you're going to put 2011 MVP Derrick Rose in a Pistons jersey. And who's he going to be alongside in the backcourt? Let's probably go with, oh, uh, well, it's either 2000 or 2001. Let's see here. 2000, 2000. So, the 20... 2001 MVP, Allen Iverson. So put them both in Pistons jerseys. That's your backcourt. Um, probably rivaled with one of the best ever. I mean, that's a really good backcourt. Two MVPs. It just put them in a prime. Go for it. Small forward. Let's get a little T Mac action. Um, T Mac was there for a year, I think. One of his his second to last year in the league, he played 72 games, started 39 somehow at the age of, he was 31. Wow. Um, I mean, eight points a game. Uh, almost a steal, three and a half assists, three and a half rebounds. Not a bad stat line. I mean, but T-Mac at 30, though, that's at 31. I didn't realize he was, I mean, 32 is kind of, it's not old. I mean, that's kind of young to retire at. Um, and then 33 played in China. But yeah, T-Mac, you can take Magic T-Mac, you can take um, early Rockets T-Mac. It's that same kind of era. Whatever you want, just throw him in there. Uh, an incredible athlete. What are the more... I would say underrated players. Like when it, when he 
comes up in conversation. It's one of those things where you're like, oh, yeah, Tracy McGrady. And then his highlight package is crazy enough. So, yeah, threw him in there. Bob McAdoo, seriously one of the, at the power forward, probably the best scoring power forward outside of Carl Malone. Someone who could do whatever, I mean, shoot it from a little bit outside. I mean, it was a 70s, so, I mean, take that as a great assault. He was on the cover of Sports Illustrated when he, I think it was his MVP year. Um, in Buffalo, where it's the hottest shot in the league, as a power forward, Bob McAdoo did that. And the, one of the better things about him is that when he played for the Lakers during Showtime years, he came off the bench. He was an MVP. He came off the bench. <clears throat> Incredible. Center position. I am not going to lie, Detroit fans. Uh, I know a couple of you. So, uh, I, mean, I mean this with my heart. The center position for trying trying to find all prime centers sucked. It was awful. There, there was almost no one. I had to, like, these are reaches. Uh, the starting center, maybe not as big of a reach, but still, it's someone to where if he was on an all-prime team, He'd be great off the bench, an all-timer off the bench. But as a starter, good God. Daryl Dawkins, who I swear to God, outside of like Jordan, LeBron, and Kobe, may have the most nicknames on a basketball reference I've ever seen. Chocolate Thunder, I knew that. I thought that was the only one, but uh, he had, let's see here. Chocolate Thunder, Double D, Doc, Dr. Dunk, um, which... Irene, there's someone else who's named Dr. Dunk who I mentioned in this Kings episode. Uh, that would be Darnell Hillman of the Pacers back in the day. Anyway, Sir Slam. I, I don't even know. Zan, Zandoken, the, the mad dunker. Dunk you very much. Candy Slam, Sweet D, Big Doc, Master of Disaster, Squawk and Dawkin, Double D Dunk, which is just this, it's just two nicknames combined. Sir Dunk. Uh, dunk it, pure pleasure. <laughs> These are <laughs> really weird names. Cool breeze, Doctor Jam, and Demon of Destin. Um, which he was born in Orlando, so sure. Um, never been an All Star. He played in Detroit his last sixteen games. He played two games in there in. His age 31 season, then 14 of them in his final season in the NBA. He then went to play in Italy for five years after. So, uh, highest he ever scored was 16 points a game, and that was in New Jersey, not even in Philadelphia, where, you know, oh, he didn't even win a championship. He left Philadelphia before the year before they won a championship. Ugh, that's tough. Um,. One of the, hang on, so he was drafted in 75. I'm trying to, most Malone was uh, drafted, is there any draft information? 
No, I think he just came out of high school. Maybe got selected into the ABA in 74. But Daryl Dawkins was one of the first high school guys to be drafted into the NBA. I mean, fifth pick overall in 1975. Number one pick was David Thompson. Um, Number three pick was Martin Webster. Number four was Alvin Adams. Junior Bridgman went number eight. 75, not an incredible year for the draft. World B3, World B3 went 23rd. Um, yeah, not a lot in here after that. But yeah, Daryl Dawkins went fifth in that draft. Um, I've, it's, Daryl Dawkins is mainly known for one thing. He broke two backboards. He broke it one time on the road on accident. And the story goes, people got, people in Philadelphia got so upset. Maybe it was New Jersey. The hometown team's fans were saying, well, that's, what did you do on the road for? Why didn't you do it at home in front of all your fans? So then the next home game, he broke it on purpose. Um, And he, I mean, he just rips it out of the glass. I don't know if you've seen it. Um, Look up Daryl Dawkins. Shatters backboard. It's literally the first thing that comes up when you um, ESPN. Daryl Dawkins shattered two backboards in three weeks. And so he breaks the first one in a row. This is in this is when he was with the Sixers. So he breaks the first one, no problem. The rim's still attached to the bottom of the backboard. So then they're at home. Gets a pass. Absolutely rips it out of the glass. Like, not even a problem. Um, Sixers steal it. Fake jump shot for a pass. Right to Dawkins. Just, oh my god. Not even close. Just spider, I mean, not even like spider webs. Just, I don't know what you would call it. It's not even a crack. It's not spider web. It's just shattered, but still in the backboard. Uh, but he just rips the rim right out. My God. Um, yeah, that's why they do breakaway rims now with all the shock absorbers and all that. Um, yeah, so Daryl Dawkins, that's what he's mainly known for. Um, I wish he was, though, for more. But again, with the stats, it's just not that impressive. And again, Pistons fans, I'm sorry, but I mean, that for all prime, that's the best center I could find. Just hands down. Uh, the sixth man, the backup point guard position, was tough to find too. I think... No, Terry Porter was an option. He was an option on the Heat. Uh, I went with Spencer Dinwiddie. He started his career, I f- believe so, in... Detroit. Let's see, 2015. Yeah, he played two years there. Um, didn't play a ton. He only played 34 games and started one game in his rookie year. And then in sophomore, he played 12 games, started none. Averaged almost five points per game. 
but then, you know, he goes to Brooklyn and it just goes up from there and then down a little bit uh, for 2020, then kind of back up and it keeps going up and up and up till now he's back in Brooklyn. So yeah, Spencer Dinwiddie, a solid backup point guard, but uh, that's one where, you know, 2011 D Rose probably had good enough stamina to where you wouldn't have to throw in Dinwiddie as much. Uh, numbers, the seven spot, Chris Weber, hometown. I mean, he's from Detroit, had to put him in there. I, he's not better than Bob McAdoo. Bob McAdoo won an MVP. Um, but yeah, Chris Weber, it was like his last season in the league. He played for Detroit, which makes sense. That's a good farewell tour kind of thing. Go to your hometown team. Um, probably, I mean, I think he is known more for Fab Five stuff, but nonetheless, he is a Hall of Famer. Um, him on the Kings was incredible. Him and Jason Williams, Lottie, uh, Doug Christie, Mike Bibby, those guys. Peja, an incredible team. A team that a lot of people say got hosed in 01, I think, against the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. But uh, people say that, I think, about the Sixers. I mean, the Bucks also in 01. <laughs> so, I don't know what... People say 01 was kind of a weird year. And it was. But, uh, yeah. I threw Chris Webber in there just because it's Chris Webber. What do you want from me? Number eight, Sean Elliott. Played a couple years in Detroit. Mainly known for his stint with the Spurs. Um, just a solid score. Nothing else to him, really. I, mean, I think he's pretty good but again back up small forward you can have t-mac in there quite a bit uh backup shooting guard one chris middleton he started his career in detroit as well um so kind of like the tigers the pistons are just i mean they can find the the talent but they just can't really um keep him around i guess i mean he only played his rookie year in detroit played 27 games average scoring six points a game um I'm just throwing a dig at all the Detroit fans just because, come on, man. You had Scherzer, Verlander, all those guys. And then as soon as they leave Detroit, off to greener pastures, <laughs> it's just Detroit. Um, yeah. So I threw in Chris Middleton, secured a big deal this year with the Bucks. So, I mean, he was the second guy on a finals team. End of story. Your backup center <laughs> is uh in interesting and in, I guess um backup center I swear this was the best one averaging more rebounds than points for his career 5.4 points a game 5.8 rebounds a game Tree Rollins 82 83 block champ two-time all defensive team member Known for being in Atlanta for so long, from 77 to 88. Um, played in Detroit for one season, where he's played 37 games, average one point, half a block, not .1 steals, .1 assists, and 1.1 rebounds. So again, he outpaces himself in points, then he outpaces himself in rebounds, then points. Um that's your 
backup center on this team. Again, not to say that, look, these guys are all in the NBA. They're great players. But for your center rotation to be Daryl Dawkins and Tree Rollins, and, I mean, say you put it in a tournament format, and, you know, let's just go look at my other all-time teams. You go to the Heat. You're going to have to go against Jermaine O'Neal and Zadrunas Elgowskis. Might be able to hold a fight on that. The Lakers. You got to go up against Wilt and Dwight Howard. That one you're losing 10 times out of 10. Uh, the Jazz. You're going to go up against, okay, Daryl Dawkins. <laughs> Going up against himself and Hassan Whiteside. Why did I put Hassan Whiteside? I think he should probably start in that scenario. Um, the Bucks. Yeah, go up against Moses Malone and Demarcus Cousins again. You're losing that one. And the Kings. You're going up against Ralph Sampson and Clyde Lovelett. Maybe have a chance on that. But if you get a first round matchup against the Bucks or the Lakers, yeah, you're not making it out alive, really. Um, especially if we, especially since like all prime kind of teams, there's not going to be a lot of newer players. So big men will dominate in a tournament like that. And uh, I'm sorry, guys, that's just not going to work out for you. Um, 11 and 12, again, these are just guys. They can play a little bit, but, you know, they're not going to be game major minutes. Uh, Blake Griffin, I mean, he was an all-star in Detroit, but, I mean, you think Blake Griffin, you're thinking Lob City. That's just obvious to me. Um, but, yeah, good good enough player in Detroit. I um, think he belongs on his all-prime team. And in the final spot, I put Ricky Pierce, absolute sniper. Um, let's see here. Ricky Pierce. He played. He played his rookie season in Detroit, playing 39 games, starting one, with averaging two points a game. 14, pretty much 15 points a game, two and a half rebounds, almost two assists, 32% from three. I mean, just a good player. I mean, he was an all star. In 1991, which is interesting, because, I mean, he was already 31 at that point. That was when T-Mac was nearing retirement. Ricky Pierce was an all-star. Uh, Two-time six-man of the year. I mean, he just belongs on the bench. I don't know what else to say. So, yeah, threw him in there. Mainly known for Milwaukee, but definitely. I mean, he started his career in Detroit. Might as well be on the all-prime team. So those are the teams. Just a quick recap. We'll go. I don't know why I closed out of the Heat one. Let's just see here. The Heat. All prime. Your stars are Gary Payton, Ray Allen, Sean Marion, Amari Stoudemire, and Jermaine O'Neal. With your bench being Penny Hardaway, Danny Granger, Kevin Love, Victor Oladipo, Zadrunas Elgowskis, Jason Williams, and Lamar Odom. And your Pistons are Derrick Rose, Allen Iverson, Tracy McGrady, Bob McAdoo, Daryl Dawkins, 
Spencer Dinwiddie off the bench, along with Chris Weber, Sean Elliott, Chris Middleton, Tree Rollins, and then rounding out the bottom, Blake Griffin and Ricky Pierce. So, that means that all the all-prime teams are fine now. And that means that that will be it for this week. I really just want to thank you for listening. Again, sorry for Thursday's just been coming so quick on me these past couple weeks. Um, I'm hoping to get better about it. Um, yeah, so we'll just have to see what happens next week. But uh, I will, until then, have a fantastic week. Just be sure to follow me on Twitter at DRO00. And I'll talk to you next week. Peace.